The Toby Gribbon Show. Highlights. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Andrea Carter-Brown is the author of September 12th. Her poems have won the Five Points James Dickey Prize, the River Stikes International Poetry Prize and the PSA Gustav Davidson Memorial Prize, among many others. And since 2017, she's been the series editor of the Word Works Washington Prize. And she's here just now. How are you today? I'm just great. So happy to be with you today. So... Yeah, well, we're so happy to have you on the show. Now, your new poetry book is September 12th, and it's about 9-11, really. So I'm guessing it's mainly about the day after? You know, uh, the day after, it's about the day. Mm. It's about the world before in New York that changed that day. It's about the what I call the aftermath, which extends to the present day. Mm. Um, so uh, I would say that the day and the day after are only about mm, a third of the whole book. Wow. Um, so there's a, a narrative poem about my experiences as a what I call a near survivor. Uh, our apartment was a block as the crow flies from the World Trade Center. I was there that morning. I saw the buildings uh, on fire from my living room window. uh, And I saw, you know, people jumping and chunks of the building falling down. This was within 20 minutes of the first plane going into it. And I fled that morning. Mm -hmm. Um, And you would think that the most traumatic aspect of (laughs) the of my experience was that day, it took me 12 hours to be reunited with my husband. I traveled about 100 miles at a huge circular route and ended up in a stranger's home. However, the, the, uh, it took a while for it to sink in how thorough the disruption was going to be. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's why the proportions of the book are as they are. Mm. So for the third of the book that is about the day and the day after, I guess a lot of that is directly from your own experience. Yes, I decided that my experience was different from the other experiences I was reading about and Mm. hearing about in the media. And that as a 
person who lived in the neighborhood um, and who's uh, a neighborhood that was destroyed that morning. Um, I wanted to uh, talk about that. I felt like that uh, aspect of the experience was not being written about. I mean, obviously, <laughs> in, the, in the scheme of things, yeah. uh, a survivor's uh, first-person account of a neighborhood that was destroyed and a life that was changed that morning is is much less important than that of the people who died mm. and the people who were in the towers who fled, uh, which obviously I was not. But, you know, I believe that all stories are important and um, I wanted to contribute to the record of this day. Yeah. Um, so... That's what I did. Yeah. And you called yourself a near survivor. What is it that makes you think that you're not just a survivor? Well, I am a survivor, but mm. I I lived... Uh, mm, gee, I fled that morning. I was exposed to the dust. Yeah. I'm in the World Trade Center health registry because of the health problems I've had ever since as a result of that day. Um some of those health problems, thank God, I don't have like the different kinds of cancers oh, yeah. triggered by the heavy metals that were released when the building dissolved and burnt. Um, so my asthma and my other related problems, as serious as they are, are nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so that that's that's what the near is about. It mm. sort of positions me between um, a close survivor and a, a survivor who might have lived further away but whose life was impacted yeah. by everything that happened. Yeah, and of course, a lot of people were impacted directly with these health conditions and the world in general has been impacted. We've made all sorts of changes to security and of course, the war on terror happened almost directly as a result of 9-11. Yes, it did. Um, I wasn't in favour of it at the time and history has shown that it was not a good decision uh, although when you have been under attack, your ideas about um, how human beings can get along together without killing each other undergoes a big challenge. Um, so I was afraid for a long time after 9-11, and I count myself as one of the people whose fear was um, used by certain uh, military influences to make decisions which turned out to be mistakes. Mm. Um, so I, I think the world changed on 9-11. Uh, I think we've seen ample evidence of the many ways it's changed and is continuing to change. Um, so I don't know what the situation in Ukraine will be when this airs, mm. but certainly the pictures of the refugees, the victims, the damage done to buildings, to cities, to towns, to landscape. Uh, sadly, that dredges up a lot of memories for me. And um, although it isn't the the invasion of Ukraine isn't directly the re result of, you know, or even indirectly the result of 9-11. 
the sort of shifting world order mm. and the the prevalence of violence and all kinds of disasters, natural and man-made, which which I would say characterize the last twenty years, um, are. You know, it seems like 9-11 was the beginning of the era in which we live today. Yeah, absolutely. They say, don't they, that like there was a world before 9-11 and a world after 9-11. And I think they're starting to kind of use that same thing for COVID as well. There was a world before COVID and a world after. Well, COVID is part of the way the world changed. Mm. And it's certainly the loss of life during COVID swamps the loss of life for 9-11. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, you can't even mention them really in the same breath. But um, the sense that all world orders, it's, I, I want to back up and say that, yes, there was a world before 9-11, but we had information then that we could have taken advantage of and mm. didn't, which might have prevented 9-11. It's hard to say. Uh, I think it's a, it's a huge paradigm shift in the world. Um, it's a global world now, mm. much more so than it was even on 9-11. Um, and so the proliferation of information through different media, the, the uh, connections of people through um, um, global businesses, the fact that shutting down uh, McDonald's in Russia is a huge hardship for a lot of Russians. I don't think that would have been the case on 9-11. I mean, it had started. So, um, yeah, I think that, you know, the more, the most immediate uh, traumatic loss that the world has gone through is definitely COVID, and which is still ongoing. (laughs) You know, I follow the statistics in Britain. Um, We've spent a lot of time in Britain. We lived there for nine months. We've gone there maybe couple of dozen times for work and for pleasure uh, since the 90s, basically. Mm-hmm. And so I and I have many friends there about whom I want to tell about your radio show. <laughs> so uh, you'll have to let me know when it when it airs. And um, uh, and so I I followed what's gone on there with as much sorrow as in my country and mm-hmm. and in all the other countries around the world, some of which are still suffering terribly um so uh i don't know how things have been in your part of britain but well it's a weird thing where the cases are rising but they're getting rid of the rules (laughs) yes that's that's it doesn't make sense to me either the same thing is happening over here um and being i'm in a high risk group partly because of 9-11 you know i have this thing called a comorbidity what a term a new word in our vocabulary so i'm gonna have to keep masking when i'm in close public spaces when the rest of the world is not and we're you know fingers and toes crossed that uh it keeps the number of infections continues to keep waning and life is full of what ifs some awesome like what if ai could fold your laundry And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? 
United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. No new variant comes along. Hmm. Although, I think sometimes when a new variant comes along, the death rate decreases, but I don't know if it happens every time. Yeah, I mean, the death rate decreased for the most recent variant in this country. Yeah. Uh, people weren't hospitalized to the same degree, uh, but the massive numbers of people who were sick uh, put us back up to where we were two years ago. Hmm. Um, and... You know, let's mention all the countries around the world which haven't been able to get vaccinated. Uh, the people in countries where you could get vaccinated, I guess I might be stepping in it here, but who won't get vaccinated yeah. for because of the distrust of science. Um, and I, I feel like the sense of um, community that we're all in this together mm. has frayed so badly um, that uh, people don't understand that to get vaccinated isn't so much for yourself, although it does help, but it's to help protect other people mm. and the spread of the disease. I, you know, I took the sugar cube with the polio vaccine when I was a kid, as did everyone in my town. Yeah. And polio's basically gone. Mm. So, you know, I believe that vaccines make a difference. Well, yeah, there's a reason that we don't have the polio vaccine anymore, and it's because it worked. <laughs> well put. <laughs> so, a pithy as, as someone who has a radio show should be. Yeah. So. Has writing poetry about 9-11 and other things, really, helped you heal your fear and, you know, everything that you've witnessed? I would have to say yes. Hmm. Um it never goes away entirely if you're present at a world-changing event with a lot of loss of life. 
um, you're never the same after. Yeah. And it takes a while to accept that and to learn to live with it. Um, I do believe that talking about difficult experiences is better than keeping it all in um, for one's sanity, I'd say. I don't think that's the only aspect that's the only thing that you need to do to recover to the extent that you recover from this kind of experience. Um, but I, I felt um, purposeful in writing this book, even though it's, you know, to some degree about my experiences. It's about a lot of other people's experiences as well. And it took me out of myself and uh, helped me to see the totality of the experience better. Um, But that being said, this book was published for the 20th anniversary of 9-11, which was last last September. It took me 18 years to write this book Mm. because the material was very difficult, as you can imagine. Um, I wrote other things during that time. I wrote, I published two other collections, neither of which had anything whatsoever to do with (laughs) 9-11. Thank goodness. Maybe that's what kept me sane. Mm. Uh, and people who knew me and knew that I was working on this, I think they were would throw up their hands and in 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 incomprehension. You know, why are you still working on this? You know, <laughs> get on with your life. Um, but I, when the book was published, I did feel a completion of my experience and that it's out there. It's part of uh, the literature about 9-11, both the creative literature and the historical record about 9-11. And that has freed me from um, the weight of these memories more than actually writing the book. But of course, it wouldn't be out there if I hadn't written the book. So Mm. um, anyway, and I can't wait to work on something else. (laughs) So I have many ideas. Mm. I actually wrote a new poem the other day. Uh, This year is pretty much devoted to getting September 12th out into the world and getting it a a readership. Uh, And that in itself is both rewarding and exhausting. Um, Every time I give a reading, uh, I try to read from all the different sections of the book, some of which are, there's some humor in it, believe it or not, mm. some of which are uh, lyrical poems of natural beauty, some of it are uh, argumentative poems. Um, so I try to read a range of them, but I always try to read some of the historical narrative about my experiences. And the day after a reading, I am exhausted. I don't know how how actors do it, to tell you the truth. Mm -hmm. Get on stage every night and dig down deep in themselves. And I'll give the audience some of that uh, personal truth. It's, (laughs) you know, of course, they didn't write it. Shakespeare wrote it. So maybe that's easier that way. I don't know. But um, (laughs) um, so this year is mostly about that yeah and uh i'm grateful that uh people like you are still interested in talking about it yeah absolutely have you got any plans on what you might do for your next project or are you just thinking about this one for now well i have to confess my next project is 
almost finished. Wow. Um, because I wrote it, it was what I did after the last book before September 12th. I threw myself into this. So I was sort of working on the two projects at the same time. And that's a book. My father was a World War II soldier who fought in Europe in the Battle of the Bulge. Um, he died without ever telling me anything about his experiences. But his wartime service was a, um, cast a shadow over my entire childhood and adolescence. Um, and uh, I came across a packet of his memorabilia from the war after he died. And I'm trying to figure out what he did, where he was, what he saw, because he ended up at a facility in Biarritz, which was for traumatized American soldiers. Yeah. It was an unconsciously successful program to tackle PTSD. So I'm learning that about him, even though I don't know what it was which prompted him to be admitted. Admitted is sounds like it was a hospital. <laughs> it was a university for American students, which tried to get them to look forward into civilian life after they had been um, discharged, after the war was over. He was coincidentally there when we dropped the bombs on Hiroshima wow. and Nagasaki. So he went there before the Pacific Theater War was over, and they kept American soldiers in Europe until that was decided, thinking they might need to be shipped to the Far East uh, for to fight over there. And it would be cheaper to keep them in Europe than to send them east. Um, so, but they created this world in Biarritz, which simulated what life might be like when the soldiers went home. They didn't have to wear uniforms. They took classes. They had a lot of cultural activities. Either one of the one of the uh, the um, pieces of memorabilia I discovered was a program from a bull bullfight in Bayonne. Um, I had no idea that my father had ever been to a bullfight. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but many other things, and there's even a picture of him on the beach, mm. which as a child he loved the beach. So I've. And what's, what happened as a result of starting to explore these is that the connections between his experience in World War II and how it cast this shadow, how he carried it forward through mm. the rest of his life, which I perceived as a shadow over my life, is parallel to what happened to me on 9-11. Yeah, absolutely. Well, where are we able to find your latest book, September 12th? Well, in, in the UK, you can order it through Book Depository, yeah. free shipping. I don't know if you can order it. You could probably go to a local bookstore and order it there. You can also order it through my distributor in the United States, uh, which is called SPD, Small Press Deposit, uh, Distributors, and they ship abroad. Um anywhere in the world as far as i understand as does pretty much book depository although they're probably not shipping to russia and ukraine these days oh, yeah. um um and and the last thing if that's all unsuccessful 
uh, listeners can email me through my website. There's a link and request it and I will facilitate their getting a copy. Great. Well, many thanks for coming on the show today. It's been great talking to you. Thanks so much, Toby. Thanks for being such a good listener. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The throbbing pulse of sound, of sound. The Toby Gribben Show!